0: Hopes Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley Satan's Tool Self-Destruction Part 3 of 4 Key verses are 2 Corinthians 10.8 For even if I should boast somewhat more about our authority, which the Lord gave me for edification and not for your destruction, I shall not be ashamed. And destruction in that verse is demolition, extinction the pulling down, and then 1 Timothy 6, nine, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. And destruction in that verse is to destroy, is to bring to ruin, it's death and punishment. Romans 3.16, destruction and misery are in their ways. Destruction meaning concussion, an utter fracture, that is, complete ruin. Now, these definitions of destruction are not intended for Christians. It is describing those without Christ as their Savior. It's been hard to pin down self-destruction in the Bible, although the principle and practice of it abound throughout Scripture. There are quite a few accounts where God's people chose destructive actions contrary to clear warnings against their behavior given in the Bible. And all of these suffered in their lives from destructive behavior, and by inference, those behaviors were self-inflicted destruction of their well-being and even in some cases brought about their deaths. Few examples in the Old Testament are Cain. He murdered his brother. Samson. He had a thing for women from among his enemies. King Saul. He repeatedly disobeyed God's instructions and also tried to kill a loyal officer in his army, and that would be David. King David, he committed adultery, murder, and allowed a rape to go unpunished. King Solomon, he had a thing for many women against God's warnings. And then there are other kings who did destructive behavior down through Israel's history. And then in the New Testament, there was Judas. And yes, he betrayed Jesus for thirty pieces of silver coins, the going price of a slave. And Demas, he abandoned the Apostle Paul in an hour of need. And the book of Revelation is full of destructive accounts of nations and their people ending with God's judgment in the end. But however, I want to examine self destructive behavior by Christians, the result of falling prey to Satan's tools of deceit wielded through causing God's own people to condemn and hate themselves. Self-destructive behavior that oftentimes ends in suicide. So how is this even possible? The Devotion Focus is self-condemnation, self-hatred, and self-destructive behavior are types of unbelief. Now, this series is titled Satan's Tools for a Reason. This is because Satan uses these and other means to fulfill his plan of destruction for the human race. This plan involves Satan stealing, killing, and destroying all he can of God's people and his intended plan for all people who will call upon him for saving them. Jesus describes Satan's nature in John 10.10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, throughout Scripture, Satan is called by different names. And Scripture reveals his identity to us through some of these names. By the way, they are listed in the appendix of this episode's show notes. And let me just scan through and read off a few of these names of our enemy. Satan. Son of the morning. Dieselbub. The evil one, the enemy, liar, father of lies, murderer, adversary, a roaring lion, angel of the abyss, the dragon, just to name a few. So the thing to keep in mind is Satan uses lies as one of his ploys. A most destructive lie is that we are not good enough, and conscientious people are most susceptible to this one. It happened to me like this. First, I was raised to believe we have to work hard to get God to accept us, to approve of us. But what about the truth concerning God's acceptance of us? He accepts us in the beloved. Listen to Ephesians 1.6. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. And why does God accept us in his beloved son? Listen to the next verse. Ephesians 1 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. An extreme result of not believing God accepts us, that we must do more and more to earn His favor and love, is feeling condemned. It's hating ourselves. And then we can reach a point where we no longer care what happens to us. And this may, as it also did with me, lead to suicidal thoughts. And this only happened after several years of trying to earn God's approval, to earn His love. And somehow, I missed the verses in the Bible declaring God's love, or I read them but didn't apply them to me, and there's that unbelief. Eventually, I gave up trying to please God, and in my despair, suicide seemed like the only way out of the extreme pain of not being good enough for God. And then once I decided to end my life and I planned my death, I felt better, lighthearted. Would you care to guess why? If you've ever reached this point or are there now, you know. And if you are there now, please, I beg you to talk to someone about this feeling of wanting to end your life. Call a suicide prevention line, even 911. Just the thing is to reach out for help. And most of the suicide prevention sites are staffed by volunteers who have been where you are now and where I was then. And listen, if you go through with taking your life, there's no coming back to see if your life could have turned out better. It is permanent. And when God intervened while I waited for the opportunity to end my life, remember, I had a plan. He intervened in a subtle way. I don't go into those details for a reason, because God may very well intervene with you differently. The point is to look for his intervention and be ready to accept it when it comes. Now, the summary is, you can change your mindset about your value as a man or woman, your value to God, but it does take effort. But listen, what have you got to lose by waiting to commit the final act of self-destruction? I waited and I became relieved with the passing of time that I did not end my life, and that was 37 years ago, the summer of 1985. And I'll admit, the mental and emotional pain I was in seemed unbearable at the time. But when I began to focus on changing some circumstances, including finding a new job, The despair began to get less and less and eventually left altogether. Several years afterward, I entered law enforcement and spent 21 years working to help others. Now, imagine if my life had ended before that. And likewise, imagine your life ahead of you where you could help where and when you can. But most of all, think of any family or friends who love you and care about you and they will not be better off without you. And given time, time will prove this to you. Now, the action to consider is to resist those feelings of self-condemnation and also those of self-hatred and the acts of self-destruction. Now, to resist these, read through Romans chapter 8 every day you can and choose to believe the words uh, written there even if they don't feel true for you. And it normally, it takes time for God's word to exert its power to you. Also, read John fifteen nine, and dare to believe that this verse is written specifically for you and to you. Now, next week's episode, episode 47, will tie in principles from episode 43 to show what it's like to wake up to God's love and displace that self-condemnation, hatred, and destruction. You've been listening to Hopes Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.